All right, today we're going to get back into talking about faith footwork. We got to we got to work on our faith footwork, just like uh, just like in uh, sports. Sometimes you got to get back to the basics and the fundamentals. Uh, you know, we talked about two weeks ago. We talked about uh, Dak Prescott. Almost looked like two different quarterbacks this year, right? The top of the year, man, he was looking great. Then he gets injured, sits out a few weeks. He comes back, just didn't look like the same quarterback. And what he kept saying, he said, I got to, my footwork is off. I got to get back to my footwork. If you play tennis, if you play golf, golf, you got to get back to your swing. Something about my swing is messed up. In baseball, whether you're a pitcher, it's, man, my motion's wrong. Or if you're batting, man, my swing, something's off on my swing. I got to go back, get with my coach, figure out what's going on. There's something about going back to the basics. Sometimes you can get to running so fast and get so busy that you lose track of the basics. And even in our faith journey. So much can come at us, and, and we, we face different mountains and different challenges and different curveballs that life brings us that we just have to go back to the basics of faith. And that was something that the other year the Lord spoke to us and said, this is going to be a faith-filled church. And what that means is, well, I believe, I believe in Jesus Christ. Well, it goes more than just saying, I believe in Jesus Christ, and I believe in the Bible, and I believe in God. It means, I believe Jesus Christ. I believe his word. He is the word, and I believe him. And I don't just believe in God. I believe God. If, if his word says it, then I can believe it. If, if I can get back to allowing the word of God to be the founding principle of my life. If it says what it says, then, then I can believe it. If I research it, if I can find out, okay, why did they write it this way? You know, sometimes you have to dig deep and find context. Why was this written? Why did he word it this way? Why did he say it this way? Why was, what were they even talking about when they mentioned this? And that's all, that's all stuff that we need to do when we, we get together and study the word of God, start digging up stuff. But at the same time, you can identify his promises. And if he promised it to you, the Bible says that all the promises of God are yea and amen. In other words, if it's a promise that he made to you, you can put a yes by it. Will God do this for me? Well, did he promise it to you? Then yes, because he can't lie. God can't. It's not a matter of God doesn't lie. He can't lie. He calls the things that aren't as though they were. In other words, if he happened to show up today and say, hey, that dog is really a cat, we'd look and, yeah, it's a cat now. <laughs> he can't lie. If God says it, it's going to happen, right? And so that, that brings us to, to faith. I loved, I loved what Mylan and Becky Lefebvre said uh, on Friday night, and, and it can really apply to everything. They applied it to marriage, but you can apply it to any situation or any relationship in your life. They talked about themselves. They, as a married couple, they stopped fighting with each other. If, if you're arguing and bickering, whether it's a married couple or friendship or church folk or employee-boss relationship, if you're constantly fighting and arguing, it's because one side is wanting to be the final word, the other side's wanting to be the final word, and there's this tug of war going on. Well, if you make the word of God the final word, there's nothing to fight about. You submit to the word of God. And so even within any relationship, and really that's what the world is made up of, is relationships. We're all neighbors, we're all friends, you know, spouses, boss, employee, client, provider, you know, whatever the relationship is. If you allow the word of God 
to be the final word in your life, the final word of authority, man, that eliminates a lot of frustration, eliminates a lot of ego and flesh issues, doesn't it? So we're going to get back into that. This is simple. It's because when you get back to your footwork, it, it's the basics. It's simple, but sometimes you got to go back and reset and go, this. oh yeah, that's right, that's right. So that's what we're going to do today. Let's go back to the definition of faith. Now faith, everyone say faith, faith. is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. In other words, faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed in the senses. In other words, if you hope, faith isn't just simple, simply hope. If you hope for something, it's always in the future, right? Man, I hope it doesn't rain tomorrow. Oh, I hope I get that raise. Man, I hope I pass that test. Man, I hope my kids behave themselves today or whatever, right? Hope is something somewhere out there. Faith grabs hope and brings it to right now. That's why it says now faith. Now faith. It's kind of a play on words. But faith grabs hope. What is it that you're hoping for? Well, I'm hoping I get a good report about this. Okay, well, if you have faith, it brings it and says, I have that good report. I'm just waiting on it to show up. Right? I hope we can resolve this issue. Faith says, hey, the issue is resolved God's going to show me how to resolve it, and I'll eventually see the resolution of that issue. Faith brings what you're hoping for to a right-now ownership, okay? So, if we're going to have faith in his word, we can define faith really simply as this. Faith, and this is going back, just kind of a review from two weeks ago. Faith is the ability to trust God, his word and his promises, for my life, regardless of what I see, hear, and feel. If God's word is the final voice on anything, if his word says it, I can trust it over anything else. There are going to be times that my life doesn't look like, the situations in my life doesn't look like it's going to line up with his word. I have a choice. I can believe what I see, hear, and feel or I can believe what his word says, regardless of what I see, hear, and feel. That's faith. That's what God's asking us. Hey, do you trust us? Say, so, well, why am I going through all this trouble? Well, he's asking us to have faith. If you didn't have trouble, there would be no need for faith. I, just, I, wish, I wish I just knew how this was going to turn out. Well, if you knew how it was going to turn out, you, there would be no need for faith. But in this faith journey, what he's trying to do is get us just to trust him. Will you trust me, right? Matter of fact, Hebrews 11 and 6 says this, and it is impossible to please God without the ability to trust him above everything else. Faith. Say, I want to please God. I want to please you. So I'm going to show up to more Bible studies. I'm going to read the Bible every single day. I'm going to pray at least 20 minutes a day. I'm not going to miss hardly any church this year because I want to please you. All that's wonderful stuff. Man, I'm going to give to the poor. I'm going to bless people. I'm going to be a lot nicer. I'm going to stop yelling at folk. All that's good. But that in itself is not going to be pleasing to him. If you want to please him, trust him. That's all he's asking. Hey, do you trust me more than you trust everything else? 
Well, how do I know what to trust you about? Well, you got to get into his word, right? Romans 10, 17. So faith, if, if we need faith to please God, then we, we've got to figure out how we're going to get faith. Well, this is, how you, this is how you get it. So faith, or the ability to trust God more than what you see, feel, and hear, comes one way. It comes by hearing. Everyone say hearing. hearing. It comes by hearing. Now notice it doesn't say it comes by having heard. Oh, yeah, my grandma told me all about this. Yeah, I, I trust God. Well, praise God for grandma, but I need to hear on a continual basis. It says hearing. It means continual. I need to continually hear what is told, and, and what, what is heard comes by the preaching of the message that came from the lips of Christ, the Messiah himself. King James says it this way, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So that means if I'm going to trust his word above everything else, then I need to continually get the word in me. Because really, we all know, you wind up believing whatever you pay attention to the most, right? If you turn on the news, whether it's local news, whether you hop on cable and hear left-leaning news, right-leaning news, whatever sites you choose to visit on the internet, whatever it is you're putting in you, that's what you're going to believe the most. So that means if I can continually get the Word of God in me, I can start believing it <laughs> even more. And if I'm going to trust Him more than I trust what I see, hear, feel, then that's, that needs to be a primary food source for my life, Right? I love it. Last night, it was 1030 at night. I was wore out from the weekend. I was trying to go to sleep. You know what my wife was doing? She was on her phone saying, hey, I found this scripture, right? She was reading me scripture. Was I getting irritated? No. Why? Because she was feeding herself faith and it was feeding me faith. I was like, oh, text that to me. I want to, I want to look at it more when I'm awake, <laughs> right? <laughs> but I was excited. I was like, man, she can keep me up all night. Man, my wife. Looking up scripture, saying, look what I found, man, look at this. Think about this. It was stuff that we've been praying about. I was like, that's perfect stuff. Well, what was she doing? She was speaking the word. Why? So that I could build my faith up. That's how, that's how you get faith. Faith comes by hearing, right? So not just hearing a preacher, hearing preaching. Well, you can hear preaching sitting around the dinner table, talking to each other about the word. Hey, you'll never believe the scripture I found today. Hey, guess what my devotional said today? That's preaching. You don't, you don't need me hanging out. You probably don't even want me hanging out. Trust me. James chapter 2, verse 26 says this. It takes faith a little longer, or a little, little bit further. For as the human body apart from the spirit is lifeless. So if your spirit were to leave your body right now, you would be rendered lifeless, right? Notice, faith or the ability to trust God above everything else apart from its works of obedience is also dead. In other words, what good does it do to say, God, I trust, look, I, I trust your word more than anything else. I believe your word said that you will provide for every need of mine according to your riches and glory. I trust that word. But yet you're still going to stay up all night trying to figure out how you're going to meet that need. Or if, if you're saying, hey, Lord, I trust that you're going to work this situation with my kid out. The situation that my kid's going through, I believe you're going to work it out. But in the meantime, I'm going to have to sit here and like manipulate it and try to figure it out and try to like solve it for them. 
well, wait a minute, your, your actions are not showing that you have faith. So if you really do have faith, what James is saying, if you really do believe, then act like you believe. Say, so, oh, he's the great comforter of mine. Then why are you stressed out? He is the prince of peace, and he gives me peace. Then why are you fretting? If you really believe it, begin to act like it, right? So we have a process. If we're going to walk in faith, getting back to the basics, if we're going to walk in faith, if we're going to live in faith, if we're going to give in faith, if we're going to receive in faith, if we're going to let faith be the foundation, our trust, our, our, our pure trust in the Word of God, here's a simple way to look at it per these scriptures. Faith comes by what? Hearing. hearing. So you hear it. You hear what? The Word. The Word of God. So you hear it. You believe it. And then you do it. It's that simple. Hear it. Believe it. Act like it. Act on it. It's that simple. Right? Say, wait, okay, this is really simple. I, I love how Mylon said the other night, he said, he said, God told you how to make the cake, just go make the cake, <laughs> you know? It, you know, box cakes aren't all, that, aren't all that complicated. Even I can do a box cake. I'm not even a baker. Now, I'll cook all day long, but I'm not a baker. I can make a box cake. So just follow directions. Well, here are the directions. If you need faith, hear, listen for it. And make sure you're hearing the word of God. And then when you hear it, believe it, trust it. And then once you trust it, do it. Act like it. For instance, let's put it into practice. Here's a promise of God. Remember, the promises of God are yes and amen, right? So before we read this, I want to ask everyone, what's the desire of your heart? What is truly the desire of your heart? Say, woo, that Lamborghini. Stop. No, it's not. It's a cool thing to want. Sure. You know, oh, I want that trip to Hawaii. It won't stop. That's not the desire of your heart. It's not. It's a cool thing to want. Ain't nothing wrong with driving a Lamborghini. Hey, if you can afford it, awesome. I don't care. Do what you want with your money. If you want to go to Hawaii, awesome. I'm jealous. <laughs> I want to go too. But really, what's the desire? If, if money wasn't an option, if time wasn't an option, what would you do with your life? The real desire of your heart. More than anything, I want, I want to see my and Erica's children grow up and be healthy happy. I want to see them walk with the Lord, and I want them to be fruitful and successful in life. I want that more than anything else. I want, I want me and my wife to grow old together and walk with the Lord and enjoy life together more than anything else. I, I want to be able to share the love with Jesus better and better every single year more than anything else. I, I, want, to have a, I want to meet more needs I want to be a bigger blessing more than anything else. These are things I want in my heart. You know, do I want a nice car? Oh, sure, who doesn't, you know? Do I want nice clothes? Yeah, everybody does. That's not the desire of your heart. Because no matter what clothes you buy or whatever car you buy or how big of a house you get or whatever, all that stuff, after a while, you know how it is. You buy a car and about six months later, it's like, eh, yeah, that's my car. It's, eh, yeah, it's my Lamborghini. Mm. I got to go take it and wash it. What a pain. You know, it's, it's just... Things are things. I'm not talking about things. The desires of your heart. We all have them. I want you to get that in your mind when you read this. Here's a promise. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he will give you the desires and secret petitions of your heart. 
those things that you want more than anything else in life. Notice it says heart. Why? Because that's the, that's the cradle of belief. The, the Bible says for us to believe in our heart. Why? It's the place that we feel. It's the, it's the place that we don't just reason, but man, we feel it. It's that gut feeling. So we can have the desires of our heart by what? Delighting ourselves in the Lord. So if, if you believe that, if you say, Lord, I believe your word, and I believe that you're telling me I can have the desires of my heart. So I, I've seen it, I've heard it, now I believe it. Now the next step is do, right? So if I'm going to do, well, what do I need to do? I need to delight myself in the Lord. I need to start plunging myself into the kingdom of God and finding delight in it. Whether I'm volunteering with the church, whether I'm just blessing people that live right beside me, whether I'm discussing the goodness of the Lord, whether I'm I'm jumping into studying to find out who he is and what he's about. All the things that I get to do in the kingdom of God, find delight in them. You know, the, a team of us, man, we wore ourselves out this weekend to make sure this marriage retreat took place. I'm talking, you know, Friday started at 7.45 a.m. and didn't stop for some of us till about 10.30 p.m. And I'm talking, we were working. And you know what? It was a blast. It was fun. We had challenges. A few left turns, a few oddball things thrown at us. Had to put out a few fires. But you know, we delighted ourselves. Why? Because we were doing kingdom work. Man, if I, if I live my life like that, I can have the desires of my heart. So that's the practical. Okay, well, I've heard that. Now I believe it, so I'm going to do it. When I work for the Lord, I'm just going to choose to delight myself in it. What's that going to do? It's going to give me the desire of my heart one day. It's awesome stuff. Has it all happened right now? Well, no, but I, I believe it. I'm hoping for it, but faith says that I get to own it right now. I'm going to have the desires of my heart. And I'll see it in his timing, okay? Here's another. I'm going to show you an actual, uh, a couple of uh, biblical examples of hearing, believing, and doing. Okay, both of them actually have to do with healing. Now, it applies to more than just healing. If you need healing today, think about this. If you need deliverance, think about this. If, if you just need joy, or if you need love, if you need freedom, if you need encouragement, just think about this, uh, this pattern that you see here. We're, we're dealing with Paul and Barnabas. They went and were teaching uh, in Lystra, right? So Acts chapter 14, 7 through 10. Look at this. I highlighted some stuff for you guys. And they, Paul and Barnabas, were preaching. So they were talking, right? What were they preaching? The gospel, the death, burial, resurrection of Christ, that message. They were preaching the message of salvation. You remember from two weeks ago, salvation just doesn't mean, oh, I punched my ticket to heaven. I'm going to heaven. I'm saved. Salvation in the Greek is sozo. In the Hebrew, it's Yeshua, which ironically is the Hebrew way of saying Jesus. So Jesus is salvation. It's kind of cool. Both words mean deliverance. Both words mean freedom. Both words mean healing. Both words means soundness of mind and safety and preservation. Those were the concepts that the ancients thought of when they would say salvation. They thought of all of that. Not just punching your ticket to the afterlife, but right here, right now, I can encounter and live in salvation. 
I can have a sound mind. I can be healed. I can be preserved. I can be delivered. That's some good stuff. So they were preaching that message, right? Verse 8, And in Lystra, a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb. He had never walked. So this is a man who never knew what it was like to walk. This man heard, everyone say heard. Faith comes by what? Hearing. Hearing. So this man heard Paul speaking. What was Paul speaking? The word of God. Paul observing him intently and seeing that he had faith. So Paul looked at this guy and said, man, this guy's believing the word of God over what he's actually seeing, feeling, and experiencing. Huh. That he had faith to be healed. So Paul said, verse 10, with a loud voice, stand up straight on your feet. And he leaped and walked. Right? So now everyone, you know, I've I've heard it argued that, well, this was the apostles during the the, uh, early church history, book of Acts, the apostles were uh, empowered by the Holy Spirit to do signs, wonders, miracles, and healings. And so healing is not for today. Okay. Uh, My question is this, is faith for today? We need faith today, right? So we can have faith in the word of God. So say, well, we'll, well, but Paul was empowered to heal this man. Paul didn't heal this man. Paul didn't notice there was not a big healing crusade. He didn't call the guy down front, lay hands on. Nothing wrong with that. We can lay hands and pray for people. He didn't didn't do all. There was not a big rigmarole, right? There was not a big show. He just got up and preached the word of God. What happened? The man heard. First of all, Paul did three things. He preached the word of God. He observed that the man had faith. And he just told the man, hey, get up. The man did three things. He heard the word of God preach. He believed the word of God that was preached. And then he acted on what he believed, right? That's how you walk in faith. Let's look at this Mark chapter 5. Everyone still with me? Thank you, Becca. You're still with me. Starting with verse 25. Now, now we know the story. It's the woman with the issue of blood. Jesus had just gotten back to the side of the lake, right? And, and uh, the first man that he meets is Jairus, who was a leader in the town synagogue. And he said, hey, I have a daughter who's very sick. Will you come heal her? Will you come pray for her? And Jesus said, sure. There was a mass crowd around him. They're trying to work their way through the crowd. And in doing so, this happens. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had, here we are, what's the word? Heard. So she heard about Jesus. Jesus is the word of God, right? In the beginning was the word, the word became flesh and lived among us. So she heard about Jesus or the word of God. So she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. Why did she do that? For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. So she heard about Jesus. She thought to herself, if I, man, If he's this kind of a man, if I can just touch his robe even, 
I'll be healed. Nobody told her to do it. She believed it. And so then what did she do? She did it. <laughs> she went and touched his robe. We know the rest of the story. Immediately the bleeding stopped and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? His disciples said, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told them everything she had done. She said, look, I'm going to be honest. I heard about you. And all the stories I've heard, I thought, man, if, if you've done all that, then surely if I could just touch your robe, I can be healed too. And so that's what I did. I came up and I touched her robe. Ah, that's me, guilty as charged. Notice what Jesus said. Jesus didn't say, ah, my ma magical robe hath healed thee. Or, ah, I'll lay hands on thee and I shall be healed. No, look what he said. Daughter, your faith, your ability to trust me over anything you're hearing, seeing, and feeling, and experiencing has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. Wow. It wasn't just the physical condition. It was just the 12 years of suffering with this. And she was delivered not just from phys her physical condition. She was delivered from all-out suffering. By doing what? Attending a healing crusade? I'm not making fun of it, but I'm just saying we put so much emphasis on the theatrics that we conjure up within churches, right? When you could, if you need healing today, you can receive her right where you're at. If you need deliverance, if you need joy, if you need salvation, no matter what it is you need, you don't, you don't need me to come lay hands on you. Paul didn't even do that. The man just believed the word of God. And that's what this lady did. And then notice, if we remember the story, Jairus is standing there watching this all happen. He's thinking, man, I got Jesus. He's supposed to be going to my house to heal my daughter. When all this is happening, a crowd came up and said, Jairus, don't, don't bother with the teacher. Don't bother with Jesus. Your, your daughter just passed. She's dead. So Jesus hears that, and he looks at Jairus. You can go and read the story. He looks at Jairus, and he says, hey, because he just get through telling the lady, hey, your faith has made you whole. Don't worry about suffering anymore. Your faith has healed you. Then he turns around and he hears this and he goes, don't be afraid. What did he tell him? He said, don't be afraid. Just have faith. Just believe. He said, hey, look, 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 look what just happened. Don't be afraid. Just believe. You know what Jairus said? That was the smartest thing he could have done for us. Sometimes the best thing we can do is just keep our mouth shut and stop speaking doubt and discouragement into our world and just let the word of God be. He didn't say a thing. Don't be afraid. Just believe, all right, I'm going to shut up. What happened next? Jesus went to the house, raised his daughter from the dead. He went with Jesus. He wasn't afraid. Some, some people would have said, I, I can't even go. I can't even bear to see this. He overcame fear, kept his mouth shut, <laughs> didn't speak doubt in anything, and he went and actually experienced it. 
sometimes to walk in faith means that you, you have to wait a while before you actually see what you're believing to come to fruition, right? So I, I've seen God heal people just like this. I've seen other people have to walk it out. You remember when Jesus, the, the lepers came and said, hey, could you please heal us? He said, okay, go present yourself to the temple and, and to the priest and, and let him declare you clean and then offer your uh, proper sacrifices, right? But that, that was part of the law of Moses. Well, the lepers, the Bible said, as they went, they were healed. They could have sat there and looked at Jesus and said, do you want us to go to the temple? Have you seen my hand? Still missing a few fingers. Look at my nose, look at my head. I still got leprosy, what are you talking about? But they, they started their journey to the temple to be declared clean. As they walked, they were healed. There are some things in life that you have faith for that you're gonna have to walk a journey. Maybe it's healing. Maybe it's deliverance. Maybe it's a situation within your family. But if the word of God promises it, if you'll research it, what, what is it that you need today? Man, let me, let me give you the greatest Bible helper reference, better than any Strong's Concordance or Greek and Hebrew lexicon, all those big, thick books I used to have to read. Let me tell you one of the coolest Bible references you can, you can use. It's this anointed software called Google. Man, I don't know if the folks that run Google are aware that God uses their company more than any other company, probably. And they may not even like it, but God uses it anyway. Why? Man, you can Google, okay, Lord, what did you say about this? I need some word about this. I need word about healing. I need word about marital unity. I need word about the safety of my children. I need a word. Man, you can find scriptures galore. And if he said it, you can believe it. Say, well, if I don't see it instantly, that's the problem is we have microwave Christianity. We want to pop our prayers in and 30 seconds later, get them, get them back out. And God said, no, 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 you got to go through a process and you got to grow in faith, which means you got to exercise faith. If I did everything instantly for you, there'd be no need for faith, but I need you to exercise and grow in faith. Let's all stand. See, some of y'all, I just, I just manifested your, what you were having faith for. I have faith he's going to stop preaching really quick. <laughs> it took a while, but I got you there. Amen. We're going to sing one more song. Let me pray over you and bless you. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for this wonderful family. I love these people so much. Lord, they're your sheep, and you love them far beyond what I can. And I know you're pleased with them. So, Father, I pray that you bless them. Help them to grow. When the challenges of this week appear, let them realize it's just, a, it's just an opportunity for them to utilize faith. Show us what you've said about us for this week in your word. And help us to choose to believe that over everything else. So, Lord, I bless this flock. And I speak faith. Teach them, teach them, Lord, to trust you. Teach them to understand that everything they need has already been provided. Teach us just to obey you and make, make you our king, not just our savior. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Everyone say amen. Amen.